Hey everyone, this is the podcast for Thursday, August the 13th. We are a month away from school reopening in Ontario, and many parents have a lot of concerns. NDP leader Andrea Horvath joins us to discuss what the Ontario government is getting wrong, and why aren't schools safe for kids? Ontario Medical Association President Dr. Samantha Hill weighs in. Let's get to it. Welcome back to the program. A big afternoon ahead for parents in this province as they try to make a decision as informed as you possibly can be about what you should do with your kids come September. Those school boards are calling, especially if you're in the TDSB, the phone is going off. And no, that is not a robocall. That is not some kind of weird call suggesting that you owe... You know, Revenue Canada money and, you know, any kind of those spam calls. I just don't answer the, I don't answer the phone anymore. So that when the phone starts going off repeatedly with a number I don't know, I, what is going on? Oh, look, it's the TDSB wants to know if I should send my kids back to school. And meanwhile, this afternoon, we have a series of announcements. We have the uh, regular update from uh, Dr. Williams that's moved to 1 o'clock today. Uh, as inscrutable as ever, I'll tell you right now what Dr. Williams will have to say is it's a very long answer and nobody understands it. So that I just summed that up. So now you don't have to watch that, so you're clear on that. Then Doug Ford's up at 3. Uh, he's in Windsor today. That is, uh, of course, Windsor-Essex is now in Stage 3. That is why the Premier is there. And because he's at 3 o'clock, that's why Dr. Williams has moved to 1 o'clock. And then at 3.45, apparently with Dr. Williams, that's when we get Stephen Lecce, uh, where he'll have some kind of announcement about, quote-unquote, improvements to the back-to-school plan. This is what Doug Ford had to say about it yesterday. Uh, Premier, are they are they changes? No, there's not going to be any changes. We always look at in, improvements. They're just, they're going to be improvements. They're not changes. Uh, Doug Ford, what are you doing to Stephen Lecce? I'm on to him like an 800-pound gorilla, and he's only a little guy. That's tough. That's tough on Stephen Lecce. It's going to be difficult. But what's Lecce going to announce today? Is he actually going to announce something of substance that will make parents feel better? Will we feel better? Will we feel more, you know, uh, assured that we're not just doing this, Doug Ford? Let's give this a shot. Let's give it a shot? That doesn't make me feel better. And a lot of parents are in the same boat. Andrea Horvath is the leader of the NDP. She's been uh, touring the province. Uh, Yesterday, she had this to say about the back-to-school plan in Ontario. What Mr. Ford is suggesting um, is that that these parents have to make a choice uh, about staying home with their kids or sending them into overcrowded, uh, poorly repaired schools. Uh, That's just not good enough. Uh, Mr. Ford's scheme is one that is a bargain basement scheme, and it pinches pennies on the backs of our kids once again. A bargain basement plan. Andrea Horvath is on the line. Welcome to the program, Andrea. My pleasure, Alan. You had me chuckling a little bit there, I have to say. Well, 800-pound gorillas will do that. Uh, Although it's not a laughing matter, as we both know. Well, it, it's not because I, let me just tell you, in you know, in my household right now, we, my, the the mother of my my son, uh, my ex-wife and I are trying to figure out whether or not my son should go into grade seven. And I don't know. What do you think I should do, Andrea? 
Well, I mean, this is the question that every parent across Ontario is asking, Ontario is asking themselves today, and it's a, it's an untenable choice. I mean, in some cases, you know, parents really can't choose to stay home any longer. They have to get back to work, and they're feeling really bad about whether that's going to put their kids' health at risk. And then, of course, uh, you know, they're at risk, uh, health at risk of most of, uh, of their loved ones and family members as well should COVID creep into their household. So it, it is, it's not a choice that any parent should be having to make. But uh, as, you, as you say, many, many, many parents are struggling with that decision. And I can't judge. I mean, every parent's going to have to judge for themselves. What I can judge, though, uh, is, the, um, is the complete inadequacy of the government's response to the back-to-school uh, challenges that we're facing. And, and you know, when, when you, whether it's, you know, the poor state of repairs of lots of schools, whether it's acknowledging that even before the pandemic, in some cases, there were, you know, 30, 35, even 40 kids crammed into overcrowded classrooms. Um, you know, that, that apparently is what people are going to have to expect or live with uh, come September is, is what Mr. Ford is saying, especially for those younger grades. And, and that's, um, you know, that's just, that's just not something that's making parents uh, feel good about uh, about sending their kids back to school. I think the reality, though, Andrea, is, is that you're never going to make everybody feel comfortable. You just can't. And, I mean, there's just so much concern out there. And I think there's some people who are going to accuse you of trying to make some political hay, get some political mileage here, uh, when the reality is that the the numbers are low, there's not very much community transfer, and that the risk is extremely low. Well, I mean, on the contrary, I'm, I'm doing my job as the leader of the official opposition to highlight the failures of the government uh, when it comes to this plan. And, and what I'm doing is reflecting what I've heard uh, from family members, from, from parents particularly, uh, but also from educators uh, around our province. And, and when we see, you know, outbreaks starting and, and day camps and things like that, that, uh, that have distanced and that have uh, had smaller uh, uh, groups of kids um, than usual, knowing that we're about to send kids back into crowded classrooms is really troubling. And knowing that the boards are signaling that they don't have the finances to provide distancing uh, in the uh, in the schools, uh, that that's troubling. Uh, when we know that that's exactly what sick kids recommended. I mean, the government can't just cherry pick the um, you know the recommendations that they like uh, from the sick kids report and ignore um, you know all of the details and one of those details is a recommendation that kids are adequately distanced uh, even in the elementary grades even in the uh, in the you know junior kindergarten to grade three uh, but that's not what the government has planned uh, and that the alarm bells are going off and whether it's you know access to proper you know hand washing or other kinds of uh, of uh, sanitation types of uh, uh, um, initiatives, whether it's poor ventilation in some schools, schools that have windows that are literally painted shut. Um, you know, the, this, these are the things that parents are telling me they're worried about. Um, if Stephen Lecce does uh, announce what we've uh, heard or what Travis Danridge is reporting, which is that he's going to encourage school boards to dig into their reserve budgets to be able to increase uh, you know, social distancing and get more teaching supports, what's your reaction to that if that is indeed the announcement? Well, I mean, we, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, I would hope that the, the quid pro quo there uh, is that if there is an 
uh, an expectation in that regard that the government then replenish, replenish those reserves. But each each board is going to be different in terms of their capacity in that regard. So it doesn't allow for a really, um, you know, equal kind of a response across the province. Uh, but, I mean, look, the, the, the premiers uh, thus far, the premier and the minister thus far, have, have suggested that, you know, some $30 million is enough to hire the extra staff uh, to reduce class sizes. Uh, that hires about... Um, one, not even a half of a part-time uh, person in a school because it amounts to about $16,000 per school, uh, which, of course, is not nearly enough. When you need teachers, you need custodial staff, you need extra spaces. As I said, you need repairs and maintenance on, on um, you know, on ventilation uh, systems and perhaps uh, things like touchless sinks and PPE and, uh, you know, and, and uh, 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 I mean, all of these things, right, I- including... Um, uh, including uh, hand sanitizers. I mean, it's 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 a it's a huge uh, issue that uh, that parents are, are and that's why parents are trying to, uh, to to make that untenable choice. They're trying to make that you know choice that no parent should have to make. So does it come uh, down to money though, Andrea? I mean, thirty-five point eight billion dollar deficit. We're just got to open up the floodgates and spend a lot more money. Is that what we're calling for? What you're calling for here? Uh, well, you know, I have to say there's no better investment than investment in our children and in their future. And, and I can also say that if, if moms and dads are not going back to work uh, because they have to stay home with their kids, and I'm not just talking about single parents, uh, you know, most families, uh, everyday families need two incomes. Uh, in most cases, if somebody's staying home, it's going to be the mom. Uh, so we're going to see a withdrawal of women from the labor force again, which is just it's just not acceptable. Um, you know, if we're going to get the economy back up and running uh, quicker, then we have to have parents available to go back to work because they're not just parents, they're workers as well. And we're hearing this uh, from employers as well. Real concern about uh, making sure that people are going to have a, an opportunity to get to get back to work. So it's all tied together, Alan. And of course, our deficit won't get any better if our economy is not uh, starting to get back on track, which it can't do if parents aren't back in the workforce. So uh, there's lots of angles to look at this from, but but I think clearly it should be about the, you know the safety and well-being of our kids uh, and making sure that parents have confidence in the government's plan to uh, to get kids back to school. Uh, let's get uh, to the uh, good doctor who who joins me now. Uh, Dr. Samantha Hill is the president of the Ontario Medical Association. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing this afternoon? Well, I'm I'm a little conflicted. I don't know whether or not I should send my kids back to school. So tell me about the science, especially in elementary, when we might possibly have class sizes just like they were before, up to 30 kids. What kind of risk is that? So the thing that we really need to remember as we go forward, and I'm going to say it again. I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again because I'm going to keep saying it probably for the next year or so, is that this is a new normal. So nothing is quite the same as what it was. And there is no absolute safe. There probably never was. Um, It was just something we all believed we were doing. Um, But now it's highlighted. And in the light of a pandemic, everyone's a little bit more anxious and a little bit more concerned. And that's totally fair. But what we need to remember is that this isn't going to be a two-week period. It's already been months. And we have many more months ahead of us, if not a year or two. And so when we decide how and when to reopen the schools and the childcare facilities, we need to be thinking not just about COVID, but about COVID plus their social and emotional development, their unique needs. Um, There's a very real risk that children might spread COVID-19 to themselves, their peers, their teachers, and their families. 
you cannot say anything that will take that risk down to zero. But there's also a real importance in continuing educating children. Uh, and that includes not just the school textbook stuff, but all the social skills that they learn and all of the self-management skills that they learn. Well, Doc, so let me have, interrupt there, because I, yeah. I, don't think, I, I don't think anybody you know, disagrees with you that, that, yes, it's important we get back to school, and yes, we know that there's a risk, but where's the OMA stand on class sizes? So what we've said and what we'll continue to say is that when we weigh risks associated with reopening schools, we recommend that the government and the local school boards consider the evidence around wearing masks and maintaining physical distancing to reduce the spread of COVID-19. Much like with bars, we talk about the areas being poor airflow ventilation and how close proximity increases the risk of transmission. And those are the things that we know and that we can speak to. You're going to ask me for a magic number. That magic number is going to depend upon the local prevalence in that city. It's going to depend upon that school. It's air ventilation. Are there windows open? It's going to depend on how big the individual classroom is. You know, if you have a giant classroom, you can probably fit a few more kids safely in there than if you have a small classroom and still maintain that six-foot distance. As a parent, that doesn't get me anywhere closer to understanding whether or not I should send my kids back or not. I know, I know, and I know that as a parent myself that we're all struggling with that. It's it's a hard place to be right now. We just want to make the right decisions for our families and our kids, right? Um, I think that at the end of the day, we need to, as parents, make the best decision for ourselves, and it's nice to have guidelines to rely on. What we know from the science perspective is that group scenarios can be reasonably safe, if you can trust that masking and physical distancing and proper hygiene is happening. But are, sure are, are we just fetishizing the, the numbers? And the and it's something I, I touched on in, in the last segment in the program. We're just, you know, we're just inundated by this, you know, statistical information that we, because we can, we just have it now. We have the technology to do it. And is, is that driving an irrational fear of the actual risks considering you know, the state of community transfer in Ontario, it's very low. Well, intrinsically, all fear is irrational. It's part of what makes it fear. Um, But the idea is that we, focusing on the numbers is is never the right idea. It's a great thing to do as a public health physician or a public health expert. As an individual trying to make a decision, you are either a yes or a no, right? You're not a 54% or a 72% or a 19%. You're either a yes or a no on any given event. And what the numbers help us do is they help us try and figure out a little bit what our personal risk is. And you're right. Right now, the numbers are really low. And if the prevalence is low, the chance of coming into contact with someone who has it is low. And if the chance of coming into someone's contact coming into contact with someone who has it is low and you're doing all of the protective things to protect yourself and them, so mask, distance, hand hygiene, you're probably in a reasonably safe situation. Now, what is reasonable and what is safe? That's where it becomes a question of individual risk tolerance and what we want to do for our own families. Well, that I mean that that nudges me towards the decision, Doc, and I appreciate that. Dr. Samantha Hill is the president of the Ontario Medical Association. I appreciate you joining me today. Anytime. Good luck. Have a great day. Thank you. And when I say I'm being nudged, this may not come as a surprise, but I'm 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 
you know, as the doc says, you're, it's a binary choice. It's not a, it's not a 60%. But it, right now, in terms of leaning, I am leaning towards my son going back. Again, as I've described, I have a daughter in high school, different deal. My son goes into grade seven. I think he's going to go back. That's where my vote is right now. Um, yeah, but I, at the same time, I'm not taking the call from the TDSB. I'm not going to answer because at the same time, we got Stephen Lecce coming up at 345 today with some kind of quote unquote improvement, but not change improvement, but not change. No, there's not going to be any changes. We always look at improvements. Right. Right. Cause that's clear. That makes that it doesn't that doesn't help that doesn't clear it up a protocol in place to de-risk the circumstance Stephen Lecce right there de-risking our circumstance well stand by for all the circumstance de-risking that you can possibly handle later on today on Global News Radio we'll bring that to you live and join me tonight on Global News TV when i put a lot of makeup on i put on a tie i wear a belt it's very let's pre-pandemic let's give it a shot just give it a shot. Check me out on Global News at 5.30. We simulcast 6 o'clock on this radio station. I've got questions, Doug Ford. I have many questions. Just for that great, great question. i got a whole basket of them here. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining. We will talk again tomorrow at noon.